This episode is sponsored by Marvel Strike Force. If you're looking for a superhero-themed mobile game, look no further. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Your goal is to power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes like Alliance War and Real-Time Arena. The game is currently celebrating its 6 year anniversary, and they're letting new users in on the celebration by providing free stuff, courtesy of our unique link in the show notes. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses, and if you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all of the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. We've received a unique promo code, so new users can follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. That's M-A-X-P-O-O-L. Thanks to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Tuesday, May 9th, 2023. On today's episode of the show, we are going to narrow down Slash Film's top 100 movies of all time. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm an editor at SlashFilm.com, and I'm joined on today's episode by Slash Film editors Jacob Hall. Hello, hello. Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. And BJ Colangelo. Hi, hi, hi. All right, Jacob, uh, the, the ball is in your court. Tell us what the heck is going on here. All right. So for the past few weeks slash months, I've been quietly plugging away at a big slash film project, list of the 100 greatest films of all time, or at least 100 greatest slash film movies of all time, our favorite movies. And the reason this has been taking a long time is we want to do it right. We didn't want to do like a lazy list, but also I'd, I want I wanted to make an honest list. I wanted to have a list that was really indic- really reflective of our crew, of our editorial, of our writers, but also one that didn't feel like it was trying too hard or lying. I feel like a lot of these lists pick their options based on you know what will make them look cool or what will what like is the right academic choice as opposed to what movies do you actually want to watch over and over again so we ended up polling slash some core editors uh a certain selection of writers uh these people have been on the site for a long time for the most part and asked them hey what are your 100 favorite movies they took the 100 favorite movies and we ended up having 1200 or so titles and i poured through those and i pulled out all the ones that had the most support and we ended up with 236 movies, 236 titles uh, across maybe 12, you know, slash film writers and editors. And of those 100, 236, there were, uh, let's see, 58 that had overwhelming support. And today we're going to figure out the rest. We're, so you, you'll, get this, you'll get to hear us sit, you get to sit in on the editorial meeting as we figure out the last chunk of this list, the back half of it. Uh, I will say that... I, when I ask everybody, be honest, or submit a list that truly is your favorite. Don't try to impress us. Pick your favorite movies. The result was really interesting. A lot of expected titles, but also a lot of unexpected ones. And I'm actually really proud of the 236 that showed up on our list. So we're going to carve out a, a really interesting and hopefully fun list out of it. Uh, so what I want to do first is read through the ones that are locked, which is, like I said, the 58 movies that are already in our top 100. Uh, 
And this no, is like I, five or more people voted for yeah. these movies mm-hmm. just to give people a sense. I think this list uh, has a few surprises, but it's mostly ones that I think are are ones that we'll all agree are really freaking good movies. So it's one of those lists where I, I think I don't think there may be as many surprises in this in this one I'm going to read off as there may be in the back half, but there is some good stuff, like stuff that's undeniable to me. Okay, I'll go and read these off, then we'll jump into the actual list. All right. In no particular order, but semi-alphabetical, but not really. Ghostbusters, Brazil, Tangerine, Tombstone, 12 Angry Men, 2001 A Space Odyssey, Alien, All the President's Men, Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, Blowout, Casablanca, Children of Men, Citizen Kane, Die Hard, Do the Right Thing, E.T., The Extraterrestrial, Get Out, Goodfellas, Halloween, In the Mood for Love, Inception, It's a Wonderful Life, Jaws, Jurassic Park, Little Women, Mad Max Fury Road, Night of the Living Dead, Pan's Labyrinth, Parasite, Psycho, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Rear Window, Rocky, Scream, Silence of the Lambs, Singing in the Rain, Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse, The Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Dark Knight, The Godfather, The Iron Giant, The Lion King, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, The Matrix, The Princess Bride, The Shining, The Sixth Sense, The Social Network, The Thing, The Wizard of Oz, There Will Be Blood, Titanic, Toy Story, Vertigo, When Harry Met Sally. Folks, that's a really good combination of comedy, horror, action, classics. Uh, I I think that's a really good... I Look, it may not be the most esoteric list, but I think it's hard to argue with the quality of what we have so far there. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we're going to go around in a circle here. And uh, I know a few people, certain people ask to go last so they can formulate their plots. But I will, <laughs> I will go first, uh, suggesting a movie that I think belongs from the remaining 200-ish on our other list. Uh, and then one I think we can go ahead and cut so we can move this along. And I'll start with one that I think belongs on this list. It has um, a fair amount of support in the original voting. And that's Hedvig and the Angry Inch. Uh, John Cameron Mitchell's uh, queer comedy, uh, musical, drama, tragedy, uh, based on a stage play of the same name. For my money, the greatest queer film of all time. My favorite musical of all time. The songs rock. It is beautifully looking. Beautiful looking. The performances are incredible. And I think it taps into the humor and tragedy of being a member of the queer community at any point in history better than most films. BG, I feel like you're on my side here. So I am actually a Hedwig centrist, (laughs) which is uh, probably something people do not expect. And it's just because Hedwig is one of those movies that I love and I have a great affinity for. But I also know a lot of queer people who like viscerally hate this movie. And so I also like want to have space for the people that don't like this movie. And that's over the years I've become more centrist about Hedwig, but I do really love Hedwig, but I'm fearful because there's another movie that I love more than Hedwig that I feel fits a similar niche that I think has more historical importance. So uh, I'm feeling some kind of way. Okay. Uh, Look, I immediately made an assumption about BJ. (laughs) (laughs) Good lesson for me to learn here. Uh, Is is anybody else here pro or anti uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch? I actually haven't seen this movie yet. Yeah, oh, you're missing out. <laughs> unfortunately, that's my blind spot too, so I, I can't say anything one way or the other. 
All right, I'm going to move this into a second column of we've discussed it, but let's come back to it. Because clearly there's not going to be a consensus on that one immediately. So I'll go for something easier. I'll go for something that um, I think that no one can argue with, at least hopefully no one can argue with. Um, the second best American comedy of all time is already on our list, and that's Anchorman. So I'm going to nominate the first, the greatest American comedy of all time, and that's Billy Wilder's Some Like It Hot. Uh, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have my support for that 100%. Yeah, 100%, same. yeah. <laughs> okay. Some Like It Hot. Our first Billy Wilder movie on the list, but maybe not the last. We'll find out. All right, to kill, I'm going I'm to kill a great movie. Like I said, the th- thing about when it comes to us, we're moving stuff from the list. We're moving stuff that's truly outstanding. We're not. We're not removing anything because it sucks. But we already have a lot of Spielberg on the list already. Spielberg. We have like maybe three or four Spielberg titles already. So I think we should remove Saving Private Ryan from the bottom list because it's a great movie. But let's face it, we need to get more filmmakers on this list. Yeah, I tend to agree. I do too. As much as it like physically pains me, you're definitely right about that. Yeah, that's it's a tough call for me too because I do love this movie. Um, but yeah, I I think you're right. My I think my other, only other hesitation is is do we have not that this is necessarily the, the driving force of how we're doing this list, but do we have uh, other great war movies on this list? I mean, depending on how you define war movie, Casablanca is already locked in. Inglorious Bastards is on our support list. I mean, there are other ones. We have a. We have options. Okay. All right. Sure. You, you can cut it. Okay. All right, Ben, you're up to nominate and kill one. Oh, uh, I thought it was Brad's turn. Um, oh, it was Brad. I apologize. Brad, you were up next. <laughs> okay. Um, I am... I'm, I'm just going to go for it. Um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, it, I have a, a top five that is pretty much unflinching and never really changes. Uh, and this is one of the only ones that you would consider one of the more the most modern contemporary movies. Uh, I think that this is a, a stellar display of uh, innovative and uh, film filmmaking and use of practical effects. Um, a harrowing romance that has incredible chemistry between its two leads, Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet. Uh, and Michelle Gondry tells a story that is both uh, touching and romantic, but also tragic and beautiful and all these things. And he does it in a way where the narrative is is not uh, linear as far as a chronological uh, narrative is concerned. And just the way it unfolds, uh, it, it tells a, a story of love in a way that you wouldn't expect. And one that is just it's I, I never get tired of watching this movie. It's just phenomenally made. Uh, and I, I think it should be on the list. I vote for this one as well in my top 100. So you have my support. Uh, BJ and Ben. Uh, BJ, what do you think? I really love Eternal Sunshine. And I think it's a movie that I reference far more than I ever thought that I would. Um, It's just one that really stays with me. So I'm very down with it being here. Yeah, I think it's a good... For me, this is very much like a time and place movie. Like I, I saw this, I think, in my early 20s for the first time. And was you know it's like seared into my memory in a way where you know all of the sense memories of my life experience around my first viewing of this film pop up when i think about it but um i think sometimes that can be the mark of a great movie so uh yeah i'm, I'm totally fine with this being in there yeah I, i'll i'll add that this movie i first saw when i was in my teens and i liked it i thought it was funny and weird but it's a movie that every i've even visited every five six seven years and every time i visit it's a different movie like i feel like time changes this movie in, in a way that all great art changes with you with perspective i think it's a masterpiece so yeah awesome. uh brad what do you want to kill um 
I'm going to kill something that is, uh, this could be controversial, um, but it's, I, and, and I will say that this is a movie that I, I love too, um, but I feel like one other one of these movies should should make it over the other one, and I think that we should cut the raid because I think the raid two is the superior movie out of the raid movies, um, and we we we're gonna have a good amount of action on this list, and I don't even know if the raid two is gonna make it because it also only only has two votes on this list. Uh, but I'm much more comfortable getting rid of the raid as opposed to the raid two. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm okay killing both raids. Like they're both fantastic movies i'm glad they both made the like runner-up list but i don't think the raid or the raid do make this list oh okay okay wow hmm um you're probably right jacob but should we keep that on there just in case like i don't know what do you think let's cut the raid and we'll we'll have the raid do conversation later okay love it i mean the the best action we have all time die hard is already on our list so i feel (laughs) better All right, Ben, you're up now. Uh, I would love for Portrait of a Lady on Fire to be on this list. Um, we've talked a lot about this movie in recent years, so I'm not going to go too long on it. But like, goddamn, what a freaking movie! Like, I love this movie so much, and it is just like I think the the uh, marketing campaign called it like the greatest love story ever told or something. And when people saw that, I feel like they scoffed at it. And then when they watched the movie, they're like, oh, you know what? You, you might actually be right about that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I love this movie. The the casting, the the look of it. I mean, Celine Siama, like bow down, like incredible film. So uh, what do you guys think? I mean, I think I get my lesbian card revoked if I fight against you. And I'd like to keep that. So <laughs> I'm not as high as movie as, as Ben is. But I admire the hell out of it. I, I think it's impeccably crafted. It would not make my personal list, but in terms of a group list, what this list should represent, what I want to represent, I give it my full support here. Brad, do you have any thoughts on this one? I'm going to remain neutral because I do think that this is a fantastic movie. Um, part of me thinks that maybe it's a little too early to like put, push it right onto the list when we have so much to go through, but I, I, I do... Always appreciate Ben's passion, especially when it's uh, a movie that I don't necessarily uh, expect him to love so much. Uh, so, so yeah, I think I think uh, I'm I'm down with whatever the group decides. Sounds like it's into me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben, what do you want to cut from the list? Um, this is tough because yeah, like you said, Jacob. I mean, nominating a movie to cut like all of these are classics. It's so hard. It's so much harder than the the typical you know best movie moments list that we do in in this format. So um, I'm just gonna say maybe we should cut Annihilation, which is a movie that I love. I think that might have been my favorite movie of 2018 or whenever that came out. Um, but there are so many like just straight up classics on this list that I just I find it hard to to look ahead to the end of this process and see Annihilation making the cut. But um, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. What do you guys no, think? It's an incredible movie, like genuinely incredible. If we're doing this list in 20 more years, I think maybe we would have some real talk, talks about it. But mm-hmm. I think we can say it's incredible and cut it. Yeah. All right. BJ, we're back around to you. All right. So the one that I'm saving is because I, I really thought hard about this and I was like, you know, it's not very common for somebody to have more than one star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. But on his 59th birthday, Kermit the Frog does have two (laughs) stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So I am keeping the Muppet movie and I am willing to go down fighting. You don't get a fight from me. That movie's... Look, we all talk about how this movie is like heartwarming and funny and great for your childhood. But like 
holds up one isn't when you're an adult. It, it, the storytelling is rock solid. Jim Henson was a genius, and two, the technical craft of the Muppet movie is outstanding. This is mm-hmm. even Charlie Chaplin level filmmaking of how the hell did they do that, and that alone I think makes Muppet movie worthy of this list. Yeah, it just also feels like a slash film movie in a way too. So I think that that helps its case tremendously. Yeah, this was a movie that uh, was as I was whittling it down, it was so hard for me to cut off of my list. So I'm I'm fully in support of the Muppet movie being on this list. Incredible! Happy birthday, Kermit! <laughs> <laughs> All right, BJ, what do you want to remove from the list? All right, and then this one, like I'm sure we're gonna get gas from listeners at home, but following the similar rule that we have with Spielberg, um, we already have. Halloween and The Thing. So I think Escape from New York can go because we already have two Carpenter. And I know that's blasphemous because it's an entirely different type of John Carpenter. Like, I get it. I understand. But if we're cutting Spielberg, I think we could also cut Carpenter. I agree. And the support for The Thing and Halloween was overwhelming, whereas Escape from New York, a few people were fighting for it. So yeah, I say we kill it. Yeah, it pains me, but I think it's the right call. All right, it's gone. Background to me, I'm going to make a suggestion that we, um, I'm going to be the anime guy for a second in lieu of, I'm not sure if we have any anime people here. Maybe BJ's a bit, bit on my, <laughs> I'm not an anime expert, but I know what I like. And I think that we need to, I think I'm, I'm going to nominate two things right away. Just, I think we just, we can get the anime conversation done. I think there are two anime films that really deserve to be on this list. Um, one of them is, uh, Satoshi Kon's, uh, Perfect Blue. And the other one is one of the three Miyazaki films listed here. Kiki's Delivery Service, Spirited Away, or Princess Mononoke. I would vote we move up one Mononoke and Perfect Blue and close the door on more anime entering the list. Oh, God. Kiki's Delivery Service, I like more than Princess Mononoke. Um... I, I would honestly pick Kiki's Delivery Service in Perfect Blue and remove Spirited Away and Princess Mononoke. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so, just FYI, Akira is also on. I was going to say, what do we do then about Akira? <laughs> Akira is a great movie. It is no Perfect Blue and it is no um, Kiki's Delivery Service. God, I'm so glad you said that because I always, like, I like Akira a lot, a lot, a lot. Like, I have a cool ass, like, Barbie slash Akira print, but Perfect Blue is a perfect movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm down with this choice, Jacob. I think, I think that's the way to go. All right, does anybody want to stump for Spirited Away or Prince Mononoke? I just want to put on the record that I prefer Princess Mononoke, but I'm happy with Kiki. Kiki um, has catapulted into my top 10 movies of all time. Um, It went from being a movie that I had put off watching for years, for many reasons, to being one that I um, am obsessed with. I think it's the best movie ever made about burnout. The best movie ever made about what happens when the thing you love becomes your job. And that's... It's a tragic. It's a tragic story, and one that's told really beautifully. And I think it's I think it's perfect. So yeah, great, great movie. But Spirit Away and Prince Mononoke also great, but they're gone. Um, Akira, I'm gonna go ahead and remove it. Our anime quotient is fulfilled. All right, what do I want to remove? Um, I'm going to remove a movie I think is a masterpiece, but only because we already have Alien on the list. And I want to remove Blade Runner. We already have Ridley Scott sci-fi repped in the list. I mean, Blade Runner represents something so much, like, so different from Alien, though, and I don't know. That's one of the most influential sci-fi movies of all time. Uh, yeah, like, I, I feel like a case could be made that it should be on the list just for the influentiality of it. <laughs> That's not a word, but you know what I mean. Yeah, because, um, like, like, I mean, the depiction of androids uh, in, in sci-fi, you know, really comes from what, like, what what replicants do in this in this movie, and, like, so many of the 
like the the what what have become tropes about that kind of you know sci-fi. Obviously, the stuff comes from sci-fi novels and whatnot, but on film, so much of it comes from Blade Runner and how you know those kinds of sci-fi worlds and characters are depicted. So, uh, yeah, that's a tough one, man. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll put Blade Runner up with Hedvig, and I'll kill the easiest. I'll kill the, the lowest hanging fruit on this list. A movie I actually have watched about fifty times now, and will watch whatever it's on and genuinely love. And that's Avengers Endgame. I, I, <laughs> F- fuck you, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm gonna push back hard on this because uh, th- this. The, w- aside from me loving this movie overwhelmingly, uh, I, I pushed for it to, to make on this list, and I will push for it because. Uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, whether you like it or not, is is one of the the biggest film franchises of all time. And much like the Lord of the Rings, uh, Lord of the Rings: Return of the King won all of its Academy Awards pretty much because the entire trilogy is fantastic. Avengers: Endgame should be on this list because it's the culmination of this grand, incredible uh, experiment of crossing over multiple million dollar franchises, bringing them together in a way that satisfied audiences in a way that I think very few blockbusters have satisfied so many people. Uh, like I, name another movie that has viral videos of people cheering and freaking out when, when the finale happens in the movie, like this, this is all time great blockbuster stuff. Like sure. It's not as, as, as deep necessarily as a bunch of the other movies on this list, but th- this is like one of the great blockbusters of our time. And I don't think we're really going to have any other MCU representation on this list. And if we're going to have one, I think it's got to be this one. I'd argue that Spider-Verse is already on our list and that's the best superhero movie of all time. But that's not, that's not an MCU movie though. And the MCU I know, but I feel like we, we have, I'm not sure we need Endgame on there when we have, we have, a, we have Spider-Verse on there. I disagree. I, I think Spider-Verse represents something different for superheroes than, than Endgame. Yeah, I, I would say Spider-Verse is almost more of like an animation bellwether and Endgame is like Brad's saying. I, I feel like, I, you know, as mixed as I've been on the MCU stuff, I kind of agree with Brad that Endgame should be on there. It's a very slash film movie. Okay, let's put it in the reserve with Blade Runner and Hedvig. And I'll have to go after something. Okay, um, a really good movie. When I think I'm glad it made the runner-up list. Um, and, on a, and a list where we already have Halloween and Texas Chainsaw, I think we can cut Black Christmas from 1974. Oh, my heart. I know. I had a feeling. <laughs> I like looked at the list and I was like, yeah, it's not going to make it. But as long as we can just put it on the record and establish that Black Christmas rules, it started the slasher that then Halloween got to perfect, I'm happy. Also, anyone who thought Black Christmas 2019 went woke didn't pay attention to the first one. There's an abortion subplot, people. Come on. <laughs> All right, Black Christmas, 1974, really incredible movie, but it's not going to be top 100. Finally, my turn's over. Okay, Brad, you're up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I am going to nominate. I should have thought about this harder while we were having this deliberation, but then I kept get, getting pulled into arguments. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the Shawshank Redemption. Uh, the Shawshank Redemption, you know, uh, is a movie that you know wasn't a, a box office success by by any means when it debuted, uh, but it's found such a large life uh, by because it plays on TNT every damn weekend, no matter what's happening. Um, and it's a movie that I will never uh, stop watching if it's suddenly on TV. I will sit and I will be entranced by it. Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman are, are fantastic in it. It's one of the, the best blossoming friendships you ever see in a movie. Uh, it just swells with emotion. It has an incredible score. And uh, I, yeah, I think it, it's one of the greats for sure. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly uncool to love Shawshank, I feel like. But that's because it is the most beloved movie of all time for our generation, I think. like 
I, I, I think like a lot of people, I stumbled across this on TBS just because it was the only thing playing one day. And I like, like, I'll watch five minutes of this and see what happens. And my life changed. Shawshanks became a movie that I can quote endlessly, that I think about all the time. It, it, it is so easy to watch and so entertaining and so like effortlessly moving. I think we kind of forget that to pull that off requires such craft from Frank Darabont. I think this belongs on the list. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, something like Forrest Gump, which I think came out in that same year and beat it at, at best uh, for best picture, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure that was the same, yeah, yeah. same year. Um, you know, watching something like that, it's a lot more cringy to watch Forrest Gump now. And I'm not saying that Shawshank is like completely cringe free, but it's much more timeless. And mm-hmm. um, I just think it's like an undeniable viewing experience. So yeah, let's let's throw it on there. BJ, how do you feel? Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to argue against Shawshank. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shawshank, locked in. All right, Brad, let's kill something. Uh, I'm going to suggest that we kill Fight Club. Uh, David Fincher has several movies that are going to be on this list, uh, and Fight Club is a good movie as long as you understand what it actually uh, <laughs> me- means. And I'm sure that the people who did vote for it to be on this list are, are among that crowd. Uh, but I think Fight Club is one of those movies that has uh, a lot of love for the wrong reasons. And despite its greatness, I'm not quite sure it should be on the top 100. Agree 100%. We already have his best yep. movie, Social Network, on the list. So, Yep. Yep. All right. That was an easy one. Uh, ben, you're up. I would love for The Umbrellas of Cherbourg to be on this list. I'm not sure if even if everybody on this podcast has seen this movie because it's it's not really one that like is uh, often talked about these days. I know that there was a sort of a burst of uh, discussion about it when La La Land came out because Damien Chazelle cited that as an influence for that movie. But this is just a, a candy colored, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous movie with uh, speaking of gorgeous, Catherine Deneuve and Nino Castelnuovo are the stars in this. And like, find me two more beautiful people who have ever been in a movie together because like the cast is just kind of jaw dropping. Uh, but this is, um, it's a musical, but kind of not really. It's, it's like a really unconventional thing where the entire film is sung through, not um, in big song and dance numbers, but just like all of the dialogue, all the dialogue is delivered via song or, or via sort of sing song performance. And uh, man, the ending of this movie is just like the like ultimate uh, gut punch um, sort of wistful, romantic, like yearning type of movie. If you if you want to like get in your feelings for a little bit, Umbrellas of Cherbourg is um, it's a really really beautiful experience. So I don't know if that was a an impassioned enough enough plea to uh, have it make this cut, but um, I'd love to hear what you guys think. I love this movie, and I'm thrilled that you're pushing for it. Um, I'm hoping that it's going to have a resurgence in popularity because there was a really nice reference to it uh, on a recent episode of Schmigadoon Season 2. And I was like, oh, hey, look at this reference. That's nice. Um, (laughs) So I'm hoping that that happens again. But yeah, I agree with everything that you said. I think that it's – the color is, I think, what pushes this over the edge for me because we do have musicals. We do have – love stories but like nothing else on the list looks like this movie yeah and the like the even the wallpaper the production design and everything the choices that they made there um just everything feels like a a big choice and it all really works for the the context of the story yeah i'm not gonna argue i I think it goes on the list brad any thoughts 
I unfortunately haven't seen this yet. I've been meaning to because I do love La La Land so much. And I remember Damien Chazelle talking about the movie and also just, just hearing about this movie in general. Uh, but I haven't watched it yet, so I, I don't have uh, an argument against or for it. All right, Jacob, you think it's enough? I think it's enough. All right, sweet. All right, Ben, what do you want to kill? Uh, speaking of something that people haven't seen, well, Brad, you mentioned you haven't seen that yet. I have not seen Best in Show yet, and that movie only had <gasps> <Ooh>. two. <laughs> okay, all right. I've Take stepped on the wrong landline. fight, Ben. Okay. <laughs> I, I immediately regret my decision. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm going to support Ben here. I love this movie to death, but for me, it's the weakest Chris Guest movie. I don't what think the fuck? You're out of your mind. <laughs> This is easily the best Christopher Guest movie, and it's one of the best like uses of the mockumentary format. This movie is hilarious. All it's the- really funny. I, I, it's one of the best comedies of all time, which is why I made this list. But A Mighty Wind is funnier, Waiting for Guffman is funnier, and they're not on this list. False, false, false. Uh, <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Um, man, yeah, this is this is that's a heartbreaking to hear, Jacob. Um, <laughs> I don't know, BJ, what do you think? I love Best in Show so much. So yeah, I'm I'm with Brad about fighting with for this. <laughs> yeah, Best in Show will be in discussion and kill something easy, Brad. Okay, uh, maybe. Okay. maybe. Oh, uh, yeah, let's yeah, see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, how about we kill something easy? Something easy. Um, God, I'm looking at like movies that have. Okay, here here's one that that I know that I'm one of two people who voted for this. Uh, a film called Seven Men from Now, which. Um, let me look up exactly who directed this. I think it was Bud Bedecker. Yes. Um, so this movie stars Randolph Scott and it's a, it's a Western, but it feels really modern. It came out in 1956 and it just feels uh, like it could have come out yesterday. And um, it's a really great movie about this guy who is basically just hunting down these seven men who uh, robbed him in the past. And um, the, the, I don't know, it's just, it's one of those things where I, I cannot recommend people go check this movie out enough, but I looking at the, the scope of this list, I know it's not going to make the cut. So I might as well just go ahead and rip the bandaid off now. But um, yeah, if you've not seen this, it was streaming on the Criterion channel for a long time. I'm not sure if it's still there, but uh, it's worth seeking out. It's called seven men from now. Cool. That sounds like a, it's like a great thing for us to check out. I'm, I'm happy you cut it, Ben, because I didn't, because I'm glad like you were able to send it out quietly and not let it get destroyed. Like I'll destroy best in show later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, VJ, uh, you're next. Uh, the list would not be complete without an appearance from the Pope of filth himself, John Waters. So I am pushing forward with pink flamingos. Um, pink flamingos is one of my favorite movies of all time. It is DIY or die. It is filth. It is everything that I love when people talk about like, oh, you can't make those movies today. Like, no, literally you cannot make Pink Flamingos today. And the fact that it is still as revered as it is, is by sheer force of will. And I am always going to champion that. I'm not a big Pink Flamingos fan. Uh, It's never been a movie that really struck me the way it struck lots of people, but it is undeniable that it is one of the, great underground indie you know queer movies of all time and i feel like it it checks so many boxes in terms of what i admire about filmmaking even though it's not my kind of movie that i think it's it undeniably belongs on this list yeah agreed brad uh Let's let's have a a spoof discussion. How about that? Um, uh, um, what about Pink Flamingos, Brad? Oh, sorry. 
I was I totally forgot what we were doing. I was caught up in looking at the movies <laughs> of what I was talking about. Plain from England is a movie that I like uh, and I respect. I think I'm probably more in line with Jacob than I am with BJ, but it also is also one of those movies I I you really can't deny like its influence and like how it changed a lot of people's lives and really made way for a different kind of movie and the you know the the fact that you know, John Waters is, is a name that even people who aren't cinephiles probably know because of just how depraved and filthy of a filmmaker he is. I think that says a lot for Pink Flamingo. So I'm, I'm cool with it being on the list. All right. BJ, what do you want to kill? Um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm anticipating pushback on this, but I also don't care. Um, the Breakfast Club is not even close to being John Hughes's best movie. Um, and I also know that it is obviously a seminal classic for a lot of people. Um, it's aged like milk in the sun for me. Um, <laughs> when you even have Molly Ringwald writing pieces for, you know, The New Yorker being like, ooh, watching this with my own kid was awful and a terrible experience. Um, I think we can all understand, like, hey, it had its time. It had its place. Um but there have been better coming of age stories since then. And John Hughes himself made better coming of age stories than this one. Just for whatever reason, this is the one that we all lionized. Yeah. So I, I weighed on this because this was on my list and I, I weighed on whether or not it should be on there just because of how it has been reassessed in, in recent years. And, uh, the, the things that like it hits home as far as like, you know, what was expected of teenagers and like the, the stereotypes that they fit into and like what, what he does with certain characters in this movie. But I also did appreciate, I, I still feel like appreciate this movie because it's still representative of, of that time period and of a, of a, a moment when, you know, things were different for teens. And so I still think that it is, you know, important in that way. And so while I do agree, you know, there are movies that have done the coming of age story better and like that. I still think this is an important movie and one to be, you know, uh, discussed and respected, but because of that, I think I'm fine with it not making the list. Cause we also do have Heather still to discuss, which I would argue is better. <laughs> and from the same time period, <laughs> Yeah, I think Breakfast Club can can go. I I don't understand why it's not, I don't understand why it's here. It's not one. It's an interesting artifact of its time. One that's always worthy of conversation and and like critical insight. But I don't think it belongs in our top one hundred. Yep, agreed. All right, it's back around to me. What I would like to do as the person running this show is just run down this list a little bit and just kill off some ones I feel like are obviously not going to make the final. Great movies, give them their moment and just do a big spree. Is that cool with you, folks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> we're about to find out if it's cool. Twentieth <laughs> um, century women is not gonna make this list. No. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. All right, a few good men is not gonna make this list. Are you sure about that? <sighs> because it's 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 pretty much the greatest courtroom drama of all time. Um, t- we already have twelve angry men on our list, and sorry. that is the greatest courtroom okay, drama of all sorry, time. Sorry, I forgot. About, I, I, I meant, I meant like, uh, uh, sorry, on on here, like obviously twelve angry men is yeah, better, yeah. For sure. uh, a few good men is 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 right behind tw- um twelve angry men. Okay, I'm not gonna kill anything. Any kind of pushback. A girl walks home alone at night. Not gonna make the top one hundred. Yeah, no, I love it, but it can go. Great. Um, attack the block. I love the death. Not top one hundred. Yeah it's, yeah, it's really fucking cool, but it's it's not top 100. Yeah, and Gremlins is better, and Gremlins isn't on this list. Uh, babe, love of the death, not top 100. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's fair. Barry Lyndon, we have better Kubricks on the list. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Tough, but yes, okay. Uh, Boogie Nights, we have There Will Be Blood on the list for our PTA rep. Eee, 
that's so hard. Yeah, Boogie yeah. Nights. Yeah. Oh, BJ, oh, you guys are admitting it? Oh, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> fine, 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 fine. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, I hate to say it because I know it's a famous movie, but I think it's more famous than it is good right now, and that's Clerks. Oof. You know, oh. I I don't think that, uh, Clerks ended up on my final list, and I waned on it just, but like because the movie does have like uh, an influence on the kind of movies that that followed it, and you know, say what you will about Kevin Smith, but like that that was that was a groundbreaking movie in a lot of ways. Uh, so I I don't know about that. I I, I do think you're probably right; it's not going to make the list, but I don't know if I'm ready to cut it yet. All right. Um, I'm going to keep this killing spree going. Um, collateral because he's gonna make this list already yeah he's yeah. not on here yet so if you can promise me that it will make the list <laughs> then i'll be willing but okay, if he we'll, goes and collateral goes i'm gonna be pissed jacob okay i'll, I'll skip that one for now <laughs> all right um dial in for murder we already have a couple hitchcocks in the list yeah yeah i agree um fast five it's incredibly fun Oh, Jacob, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I would argue it's like one of the best blockbusters of this century. So Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll back off. I'll back off. Um, Gladiator. Awesome movie. Truly terrific. Once I don't think we need it on the top 100. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I can hear the life leaving Brad. <laughs> <laughs> It's right. okay. You got a sequel coming. That'll that'll soothe the pain. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, Gone Girl. We already have a few Finchers on the list as discussed. I, I love Gone Girl, but let's be honest. We we was let's kill yeah. another or make room for somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. yeah. Okay. Um, keep going down. So it feels, feels easy to me. Um, Michael Clayton's great. It shouldn't be on the top one hundred. Michael Clayton's yeah. top one hundred movie. I, think, I agree. I think if Chris were here, he would make an argument for it, but you're probably right. All right. Monsters, Inc. We have twice here on the list, and we I'm not too sure we yeah. need one. Yeah, I agree with that. Yep. All right. Um, like I said, I, I encourage all of you guys on your, on your turn if you want to do this, too. Um, scroll ones that you feel are obvious. Um, I personally think we can cut My Cousin Vinny. Uh, it's a solid <gasps> I, I, hey, l- l- listen, I, I love my cousin Vinny. It's a solid comedy. Joe Pesci and Marissa May are, gr- are great in it. Uh, it it's, it's very good. I don't think it's top 100 material, though. Oh, I disagree. <laughs> That's, that, that may be my best in show. Um, all right, I'm going to say it. Paddington 2 should not be in top 100. Oh, my God. Do you not like prison reform, Jacob? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> Do you not like marmalade? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's fine it can go i'm just giving you shit <laughs> yeah yeah okay fair enough yeah all right it's gone um once again phantom thread we have pt on the list i don't think phantom thread hangs ha huh, like thread <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 that's fair all right i don't I didn't even vote for this one, but Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country. I, it's actually my my favorite of the Star Trek movies. But even I am going to say it shouldn't be on this list. <laughs> what a strange choice for it to even have. have yeah, made it, it was. That far. It was really shocking to me that more than one person um, <laughs> chose that. Uh, Spider Man Two. We have Spider First in the list. We don't need Spider Man Two. Yeah. 
yeah, and unfortunately, you you are probably right. Uh, but Spider Man Two is still one of the greatest superhero movies of all time, and has one of the greatest film soundtracks ever. Period. I would yeah. put it on the list before Endgame, and I'm still cutting it. So, <laughs> all right, this is a big one. This is a big cut. Um, but I feel like we have Empire Strikes Back and The Last Jedi on our list, which I think are the right choices. We can cut Star Wars, 1977 Star Wars. I agree, and I know that that's also blasphemous, but I agree. Yeah, that's that's a tough choice just because Star Wars is the movie that like w- was the game changer before Empire Strikes Back. You know, did something completely different. But Empire and Jedi are definitely the la- the Last Jedi are the two best Star Wars movies. So I think yeah. it, would, it would I think it would yeah it would be greedy to try and get three on there. Okay, I'm gonna stop my killing spree there. There's more I think we can kill easily, but I just want to move on. Um, we need some Akira Kurosawa on this list. We have a lot of titles scattered, so I'd recommend we move you Jimbo. Or Seven Samurai, based on the group preference, up to the final list, and just remove the rest while acknowledging that Yojimbo, Seven Samurai, uh, and Rashomon are all masterpieces. My vote is for Yojimbo going up, because that was on my list, and I love it more than any of his other movies, and all of them are great. So, like, it's between, like, an A to an A- minus for me. Yeah, they're all, like, really equal, so I- I'll just go with the group on this one, because, uh, yeah, I agree. So what yeah, Seven Samurai is the most famous, probably, but I think Yojimbo is the one I would sooner watch tomorrow because it's not yeah. four hours. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. All right, Yojimbo added to the list, and we're acknowledging that Seven Samurai and Rashomon are straight up masterpieces. Oh and God, yeah, we've got to make choices here. Yeah. All right, I already killed a bunch, so that's my turn. Uh, Brad, you're up. Uh, so let, let's go back to what I said earlier when I was uh, thinking out of sorts. Uh, let, let's have a spoof discussion uh, because we have Airplane and we have Blazing Saddles and we have Young Frankenstein and we have Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And they're not all going to make the list. And I'm thinking that the two that I want to keep are Young Frankenstein and airplane. I support you in Young Frankenstein. I, I feel like that definitely should Young be on there. Young Frankenstein is the best film parody of all time because it is made with such love, affection, and mm-hmm. from a filmmaker who is not only making he's, he's he's making fun of something he deeply loves. He's recreating with such exact exacting filmmaking detail those for the horror movies while knowing what makes them tick. Of all this, I'm actually cool removing all the parodies um, and saying I freaking signed deserves to be on the list while we move the rest while acknowledging they're all masterpieces on their own. Whew. Yeah, I, yeah, I, Young Frankenstein definitely. I, I'm, I'm, I'm more hurt, I think, by Airplane just because uh, Airplane is is brilliant because it, it, on the same path of Young Frankenstein, it like perfectly parodies all of those like airport movies and whatnot. Um, and I think that the jokes come a lot uh, more fast and furious in that movie too. But uh, yeah, I think I think that you're you're right that we should probably cut all of them, and Young Frankenstein should make the list. Young Frankenstein is extraordinarily well made. Mm-hmm. Like that, that movie is yeah. beautiful. Uh, Airplane is not. And I, Airplane is so funny. But if we're going to have that showdown, that's that would be my reasoning here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I would also true. say that Young Frankenstein has more of the longevity because the the airplane movie doesn't really have the cultural relevance anymore that it did at that time. So it's a great time capsule piece for sure. But young Frankenstein is still relevant. Like they gave it a stage musical production and it is done 
frequently across the country because people can't get enough of it. But I also think you don't necessarily need to understand the the movies that Airplane is parroting for it to be funny because... Oh, no, I, I agree. Yeah. It's just like it kind of loses how impactful and how impressive it was because the the knowledge of what they're spoofing I don't think is as well known as Young Frankenstein, which is timeless to me. Sure. Yep. All right, so we agree that Airplane can go. It's freaking hilarious. And also, uh, pour out from Mind Python, The Holy Grail, I think a movie that is extraordinarily funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would also argue that if we're going to – we hit Brazil's on the list. And I think the manic comedic energy of Monty Python lives through Brazil. If we're going to talk about like how, the, how those filmmakers improved and became, and became better at what they did. So that's my justification for cutting it. And we can cut Blazing Saddles as well probably because uh, Mel Brooks, great parody of Westerns. But I think that movie is uh, more necessarily revered because of how it approaches uh, racial humor and issues. And even though there's a lot of people who are like, oh, you can never make this movie today. It's like, no, well, that's because you don't understand what the movie's trying to do. And mm-hmm. you, you can absolutely still make that movie today. Um, but, but You just got to be smart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, Blazing Saddles is a masterpiece. But like, I feel like... Waze Alice is a masterpiece, but Young Frankenstein is Mel Brooks' masterpiece. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right. Uh, so technically, that was still part of your addition, Brad. That was actually not your cut. So what do you want to cut? I would like to cut... Um, we should cut up because Toy Story is already on the list. And I, I think that a lot of people let the first five seven minutes of up dictate how much they love that movie but if you watch the rest of the movie the rest of the movie is not that great um, oh brad oh, i agree <laughs> I all right sorry it's not once carl heads off on his adventure that movie gets a little too wild and wacky and kind of loses the loses itself a little bit i'm cool cutting it i'm gonna remove it from this list but i will say it's defense that i think the rest of up is 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 the closest pixar has come to doing a Mazaki movie so Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's so, that's fair and maybe that's why i don't necessarily have the same connection to it because i'm not necess- uh, the biggest Miyazaki fan i think luca is probably mm-hmm. probably takes that slot jacob but but point yeah. taken yeah okay up is gone but up is also great okay ben you're up i feel like we should have a western conversation um so i'm scanning this list real quick we have butch cassidy and the sundance kid we have um Let's see here. I guess technically no country. Oh, I will leave no country for old men for a separate conversation. Uh, Once upon a time in the West, um, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward, Robert Ford. Um, Did you say good, bad, and the ugly? Oh, not yet. Good, bad, and the ugly. I'll bold these in our doc, Ben. Great radio of me bolding things. Yeah. uh, (laughs) The man who shot Liberty Valance. Um, And I know we have Unforgiven on here, the Eastwood film. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, we already have tombstone locked on, which I feel like is a great example of sort of like a, a more modern, uh, almost like a revisionist type of Western. Um, but it just feels like we should get this part over with now because there's maybe one that is going to stay out of all these and the rest can be cut. So, um, I don't know, do, do any of you, I'll, I'll use my, um, <laughs> my turn here as a way to turn the microphone over to you guys and see if anybody has any, uh, particular case to be made for any of these, um, any of these films here. 
I don't. Oh, sorry, BJ, you go ahead. I say I don't really have a, a horse in this race, um, but I will say that the man who shot Liberty Valance is my favorite western because it's almost an anti-western, um, and I love it. And I just want that to be known. But otherwise, I don't have a whole lot of investment in what stays and what goes. I guess the question for me is: We have John Ford with Man Shot Liberty Valance versus Sergio Leone with um, Good the Mad the Ugly. Um, you know the two western directors like the, the the two titans and i'm not sure if we have room for both um I, i'd feel terrible not having john ford on this list but the the sprawling surreal action-packed character actor weirdness of the good the bad the ugly that movie's a trip that movie's a genuine wild trip through a western hell and i love it to death i love that a movie that odd has a shadow so big Whereas Man Shot Liberty Valance is a more traditional movie, but it, it like the best of John Ford, it hits all those notes perfectly. It just gets the job done. Yeah, I think I prefer that movie as well. My thing is, I think I like Once Upon a Time in the West even more than The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. I don't know if that's a controversial opinion, but um, Once Upon a Time in the West, man, that, that's another Leone movie. And it stars Henry Fonda and Jason Robards and Charles Bronson and Claudia Cardinale and Morricone does the score again. And it is just like, you know, if you, if you, um, picture a Western in your mind, the images that, uh, that I feel like most people would come up with are the images that you see in this movie. It's, it's that kind of like working on this, like American myth-making, you know, grand scale, uh, type of canvas. And I think, this movie is maybe a little bit more entertaining than the good and the bad and the ugly. Um, so maybe that would give it an edge, but uh, I don't know. I guess, I guess I would argue that once upon a time in the West should be the movie that goes on this list. And all the other Westerns that we mentioned could go because unforgiven is like a classic, but tombstone kind of does the same thing, you know, where it's, it, it's, it's similar uh, sort of cutting the legs out from underneath the, the grand, American cowboy story. Um, and once upon a time in the West kind of, it does that, but it also gives you the grand American cowboy story at the same time. So, uh, I don't, I don't know. What do you guys think? I think the good, the bad, and the ugly should be on the list, uh, simply because of the aforementioned reasons. Uh, I mean, it's undeniably influential as, as a Western, one of the greatest of all time. And it does have three votes as opposed to most of the other ones here that only have two, which implies that it did touch more people than, the other westerns did all right how about this let's let's we all agree that unforgiven goes mm-hmm. i think so yeah we all agree that butch casting tenet's kid goes mm-hmm. yes basically it's all great movies i'm not doing this frivolously um so i say suggestion james by Kyle robert ford stunning but it goes yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah all right so that leaves us with liberty balance good bad the ugly and once more time in the west um okay let's let's do good bad and the ugly and cut the other two i think that's probably uh more of a slash film decision i think so too do you so you feel good about that ben i feel good about that yeah okay all right but we'll, we'll agree that we're, we just cut two absolute masterpieces to get another masterpiece on the list yes yeah all um, right should i cut one jacob or is that enough yeah. for my turn yeah that was technically your um your your uh, what we add so what, what else do you want to cut um let's cut um let's cut this is spinal tap 
Uh, maybe I'll get some pushback from Brad on that, but kind of the parody conversation that we were talking about, I feel like this kind of could have been put in that same category to a degree. Um, I feel like they're, I don't know. I, I'm just not sure that this makes it in the top 100. Maybe it's too early to make a deal like this, but I'm fine cutting this as Spinal Tap as long as Best in Show gets on the list. Spinal <laughs> <laughs> Tap, we need to cut Best in Show. The Spinal Tap is much funnier. That is, uh, oof, I don't know. I love this as Spinal Tap, man, but Best in Show cracks me up every single time I watch it. Okay, so we put that in uh, to be discussed later. Jacob, yeah, I probably. think we're just going to have to have like a Christopher Guest debate against those two. Okay, uh, so let me pick another one here. Um, okay, here's one. I, I'm just going to do it. it. Lawrence of Arabia, can we cut that? I, I'm like <laughs> not. I know that I'm like supposed <laughs> to love this movie, and and maybe like my I don't know cinephile card is being revoked as we speak or something. But um, I just feel like there are other movies on this list that I like more than that. I mean, of course, there's other movies on this list you like more than that. But I mean, it's Lawrence of Arabia, Ben. Well, the, the, the point of this list, though, is we, we need to be honest with ourselves and like not pick what we think should be on there, what we, what we want to be on there. And Lawrence of Arabia is in my top 10. I've seen it in theaters several times in 70 millimeter and 4K. If it's playing on a big screen, I go on my way to see it. It's one okay. of my favorite all time. And here's the thing. If everybody else in this call says, no, Jacob, it doesn't belong in the top 100. Oh, okay, yes, this is not my list. This is our list. But I just wanted to at least say that. No, I think I agree with you, Jacob, because I, even though Lawrence of Arabia wouldn't, you know, rank anywhere near as high on my list, it's a movie that I, I respect and, you know, appreciate. Uh, and I, I wouldn't necessarily be putting on this list just to please other people, because I genuinely think it deserves to be on this list. And I think the fact that it is high on your, you know, personal list, I think even, you know, speaks to how, how great it is as well. Okay, how about we it. cut In Bruges, a movie that I like quite a bit. But um, I just don't know if it rises to the, I mean, we, we've got, if you look at the the list of things that we have to discuss here later on, I just, I cannot envision this being in contention at the end of the day. Yeah, it's my favorite McDonough, but um, it's a personal favorite, but it's not gonna make the, the last 30 slots of this list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Oh, goodness. Okay, BJ, it's back around to you. All right, so uh, I'm going to pick one that I think then can cut one. Uh, I say we keep Coraline and we get rid of The Nightmare Before Christmas. I know The Nightmare Before Christmas has more of like cultural longevity, but Coraline's the better movie. It is a stop motion masterpiece. It is untouchable. Um, And it also got more votes. (laughs) I will agree with this because I don't like Nightmare Before Christmas. So anything to not have this movie on this list, I will support. Uh, BJ is correct. Coraline is the better movie. Um, I, Night Before Christmas does represent a lot as far as like just innovation in animation. It's, it's you know, feature length, stop motion animation. It's pure Tim Burton it has phenomenal music. Those songs are brilliant. Uh, Danny Elfman, you rock. Um, but yeah, I mean, I honestly don't even know if Coraline makes the list, though. I think we have we need to have a stop motion there um, because stop motion is one of the most underappreciated mediums in film. <laughs> um, I, I will fight to keep one of them there. And Coraline is the one I'm willing to go to bat for, which is shocking because Christopher Sarandon is my favorite actor of all time and he's in Nightmare for Christmas. But I'm, be- I'm being objective here. <laughs> it sounds to me like we should just cut Nightmare for Christmas and then have the call conversation right now. 
I'm yeah. I think, I, I, think I, I, lo- I love Coraline. I, if Coraline makes the list, I'm not going to be upset about it by by any means. Uh, you know, even if I personally like Night Before Christmas uh, more, I fully agree that Coraline is the better movie. Yeah, I won't be mad if it's on there either. Look, I'm all, I want this list to shake things up and, and write a new canon for us. And Coraline is the new canon, straight up. Yeah. All right, Coraline made it. BJ, you thought that was your pick in your cut? The, uh, I mean, it can be. That's fine. Oh, no. <laughs> if I cut something else, it's cut something else. This, we, we, need, we need to get this list trimmed down. All right. So, um, oh, God, this one's also going to be kind of blasphemous. And it's coming from me. Um, I think Clueless can go because I'm going to fight for Heathers. Um, and if we're looking at, like, the teen girl story, I I think Heathers is the the better film, even though they are both all-time favorites for me. Um but I don't think I'm going to get both, so I'd rather get one now. <laughs> I like Clueless more than Heather's, personally, but um, I don't know. What, what, what do the rest of you think? I also like Clueless more than Heather's. Mm. I like Clueless. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Uh, so 2v2 here, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think we should move Clueless and Heather's up for now and have BJP something else to cut? Yeah, I sure. think so. Okay. Um, oh, God. Um, then I'm going to say, oh, God, this is like asking someone to pick between children. Um, uh, let's go with Dear Zachary, a letter to a son about his father, which I think should be required viewing for everybody and then never again um but that's i've i actually watched this movie when i like you know when you have that urge where you're like i would feel so much better if i was bawling my eyes out right now this is the movie i watch for it um i think that it is phenomenal but i don't know about top 100 yeah yeah i agreed okay i want to have the 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 zemeckis showdown folks there are two zemeckis movies on this list, I think we can only put one on the list. Back to the Future. It's Back to the Future. Back to the Future or Who Framed Roger Rabbit? It's Back to the Future. It's undoubtedly Back to the Future. Back to the Future is a perfect screenplay. It's one of the best sci-fi movies of all time, and it is it, it's perfect. It is a perfect film. But what if Who Framed Roger Rabbit is more perfect? Uh, it's not, but you can also put it on the list, and I'm not going to be upset about it. So uh, Back to the Future and Who Framed Roger Rabbit make the list? <laughs> I feel like Back to the Future absolutely has to go in there. I mean, it's Peter's yeah. favorite movie of all time. Like, there, there's nothing more slash film than Back to the Future. Um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is one of my favorites. I love this movie so much. But, Jacob, there are so many, uh, like, classics that we have left. I feel like you can put Roger Rabbit in, like, the to-be-discussed-later I honestly, thing. Here's the thing. It sounded like I was joking. I genuinely think both of these movies belong on the list because because Who Framed Roger Rabbit uh, it's it, it takes you know obviously it takes live action and animation and brings them together in a seamless magical like unbelievable way uh, but it also mixes like family friendly humor with like the like a, a noir sensibility you've got Bob Hoskins giving this incredible performance alongside fucking cartoon characters uh, like that like th- that was a truly innovative incredible movie and it stands the test of time it, it looks better than some live action CGI hybrids today like it's it's a fucking phenomenal movie. Uh, and I, I, I personally think both should be on the list, and they'll be perfectly fine. We have multiple Spielberg movies on this list. That's true. I'm, the only hesitation that I have between, uh, you know, uh, against fully backing you on that, Brett, is that we have like less than thirty movies to go, and 
these movies are both fairly modern and there are, you know, a lot of opportunities to get some older stuff onto the list. And I don't necessarily want the list to be um, leaning too heavily toward more modern stuff, but, um, but you make a compelling point and, and Roger Rabbit really is, I feel like ground zero for the way that so many movies are made right now, let alone the fact that it's like a great movie that still holds up today. So um, I'm actually willing to, grab everybody's hands and put both of them on the list. Yeah, I think we'll ju- we're just going to have to have harder fights later, but I think yeah. I think we have to do it. I mean, Hoover and Roger Rabbit is my favorite Zavex movie. Um, and it's such a perfect example of like one of my favorite articles of Ever Post and Slash film was about how Bob Hoskins invented the modern blockbuster performance in this movie by interacting with cartoon characters in a way that didn't feel phony or fake. And nowadays, every actor who works in Hollywood is required to be able to act alongside a tennis ball convincingly. And but the thing is, even all these years later, nobody did it better than Hoskins. Nobody better mm-hmm. than Zemeckis, and nobody did the whole franchise mishmash thing better than Zemeckis here. And quite frankly, the technology is fascinating. But that movie holds up as a, as a piece of storytelling. It is an incredible yeah. noir. It's an incredible comedy. It's an incredible filmmaking movie. Oh man, what a great movie! Yeah, I don't get lost. You find Roger Rabbit, guys. <laughs> it okay, is also my favorite uh, of the two, so you're not alone in this. Back to the Future also perfect. Like there was that period in the '80s where Zemeckis just made perfect movies, and then he made Forrest Gump, and mm-hmm. uh, he also made Contact. So you know what? He he had some bright spots later on. Okay, moving on. I want to kill some stuff. I want to do some rapid fire killing again. Um, six senses on our list. We don't need Unbreakable. Yeah, agreed. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree. Um, great movie, but wait until dark. We don't need it. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't like Alfonso Cuaron. We have him on the list with Children of Men. Um, E2 Mama Tambien is a masterpiece, but we have 100 masterpieces on this list. Yeah. 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 Am I the only one here who thinks The Witch is possibly top 100 material? Probably. Yeah, you are. I'm sorry. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I love your movie. Um, I'm going to kill the Terminator. It's yes. my favorite James Cameron movie, but Terminator 2 is already on the list. Yep. Hell yeah. Um, sorry guys. Secret of Nim does not belong on this list. Yeah, I, I think it can go. I love it, but I think it can go, especially utterly, with what we already have. Utterly fascinating and interesting, and truly a on a, a slash list of top 100 animated movies. Secret of Nim would be on there, but we yeah. we got we got to be careful here. Um, I'm gonna kill. I'm gonna slaughter a darling. I'm gonna take my darling behind the behind the barn and shotgun it in the head. The Rocketeer. A personal favorite. We're, talk, we're talking about your top 100. Yeah, you can cut that. Uh, love that movie, but yes, okay. Um, I want to kill my absolute darling. I'm going to kill my favorite Scorsese movie because we already have Scorsese on the list. The Last Temptation of Christ is my favorite Scorsese movie. I think it speaks to what he's actually about more than any of his crime movies. Mm-hmm. And it's unlocking his career. But I understand that we have limited slots. He's repped on the list. Goodfellas is there. It's the one people love all around. Gotta crucify Last Nation of Christ. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. R.I.P. Every bad taste there. <laughs> no, uh, it was perfect taste. What about, speaking of Scorsese, what about The Last Waltz, Jacob, while you're at it? I think we can also remove The Last Waltz. It's probably the best content movie of all time, but do we have room for it on this list? I don't yeah, with we, only yeah, like don't so. 25 slots left, I'm not sure, yeah. Yeah, I want to keep this bloodbath going. Uh, the Green Knight, favorite movie of that year. I'm, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it belongs on this list yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. Godfather Part 2. We have Godfather Part 1. Let's just kill it. Yep. 
All right. Um, I'm going to stop my bloodbath there and just hand the reins over to Brad. All right. Um, uh, I want Almost Famous on this list. Uh, I, th- I think a lot, lots of websites, not just Slash Film, are known for loving this movie for obvious reasons. Um, but it, it is a truly great movie. Not only does it you know, in, encapsulate a love for rock and roll, but encapsulate a love uh you know for for writing and the you know the magic of you know being with people you who you love and respect who create things that you love discovering yourself uh you know learning along the way growing up all these things are are in almost famous uh one of my favorite philip seymour hoffman performances and he's barely in the movie uh everyone is great in this film i love almost famous i think it should be on the list because not, not not just because of that but it is also a very slash film movie I am. I'm. I like this movie, Oof. but I understand that it's beloved by a lot of people. And if everyone else's call thinks it's a 100 contender, we can have the conversation. But it's never been one there where I've been head over heels. That's yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I okay. I love Almost Famous. I think that it is a fantastic movie sans one scene that I just doesn't need to fucking be there. And otherwise, I, I would have no complaints. Um, but I recently saw the movie How to Build a Girl uh, with Beanie Feldstein that got unceremoniously dropped onto streaming in 2020. And it's basically Almost Famous, but for girls. And after watching that, uh, <laughs> Almost Famous doesn't hit the way it used to for me. So I'm so sorry. Um uh, it's also not even my favorite Cameron Crowe movie, but it's fine. I, I get why so many people love it. I wouldn't be upset if it's here, but I'm also not going to be upset if it's not here. Yeah. Brad, let's move this up to our discussion column and grab one that you we can walk in. Fine. Um, I would like to add... Gosh. No Country for Old Men should be on this list. Should we have the Cohen conversation? Should we just bold them all and, and talk about them all? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Which smart. ones are on here? Let's see. We've got Lewin Davis, Fargo, and No Country and No Country for Old Men, I believe, are the ones that made the list. Okay. Yeah. Let's have that conversation. Inside Lewin Davis is my favorite Cohen brothers, but all three of these are such incredible films that whatever one we decide on, if we if, if it is only one, then I will happily push it through and not say another word. Well, just by default. I think since No Country for Old Men got he- four mentions on across people's lists, I feel like that's the one that that gets pushed up probably. Uh, mm-hmm. Despite the fact that the other the other two are also great, but I think No Country for Old Men is the clear winner on this list, just because it's like, you know, it subverts so much of what you would expect from that movie. Uh, you know, it is it is truly a you know a, a neo western and uh, has outstanding performances, inc- incredible writing. It's shot gorgeously. It, it is the Coens at their best. It's a great movie. It's such a great movie. And the only hold up is that Fargo and Sutherland Davis are also great movies. So it's just a question of we are we only gonna lock ourselves a one Coen Brothers movie, which I think is probably the right choice at this point in time. The only yeah. the only one that I and Ben or Jacob, I know you love this movie, but Inside Lewin Davis is the one I think that doesn't necessarily fully belong, just because Fargo, in similar ways to A Country for Old Men, I feel like does interesting things with like crime story. It has a lot to say about uh, America and you know Middle America, especially, and just uh, the characters in it are so so rich. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. But Inside Lewin Davis is my soul, Brad. It's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> 
the, the moment in that movie where Oscar Isaac finally reaches the talent agent or, or talent rep he's trying to find across the country, played by F. Murray Abraham, and he plays for him in an empty room, and it's the most beautiful song you've ever heard, performed immacul- immaculately, and it comes to an end, there's a moment of silence, and F. Murray Abraham says, there's not much money in this. <laughs> the most Coen Brothers movie of all time. Um, but No Country is a big one. It is a landmark movie. You know, it's a reason why it was a box office hit and won the best picture. If we're going to move No Country up and kill the other two, we can at least acknowledge Inside the Wind Davis and Fargo are straight up masterpieces and just wave them on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's fair. All right. No Country, though. Um, whew, what a movie. Like, what, what, what a movie. Yes. Okay, uh, Brad, what should we kill? Uh, here's a tough one. Uh, I'm I, I, I'm willing to bet that what, this is probably one of these votes belongs to Ben, but I think we got to kill Sing Street. Uh, you were correct, and um, God, as much as I I hate to give this up, I think you're right. Just looking at the number of slots yeah. we have left, yeah, because I, I love I love Sing Street. I think it's I think it's maybe a little too new, like new for this kind of movie to like really make it on this list at this point. Maybe after some time has gone on. Uh, but I, I, I even love this movie just as much as you do. And I, it just barely got cut from my list. And so I, I just don't think it's going to make the, the top 100. Yeah, you're right. All right. Great movie though. Okay. Uh, Ben, you're up. I'm going to nominate the third man, uh, Carol Reed's movie from 1949, which stars Joseph Cotton and has this incredible performance by Orson Welles, who comes into the movie really late. And the cinematography in this movie is the thing that really stands out. I mean, Welles is great in this, but um, just thinking about the film, like the idea of a character running through the, the tunnels in shadow and the cinematography is just like unbelievable. There's so many Dutch angles and, um, the, the score is really great too. There's a, a zither that is used, um, pretty heavily. Brad, I think you watched this relatively recently for the first time. I think we talked about it not too long ago on the podcast. Yeah. Um, and you're, you're pretty impressed with it too. I'm, I'm wondering if you're, if you were impressed enough with it to back me on this. Yeah, I think so. You know, cause it's, uh, admittedly, I, and I think a lot of people will, will agree with this is like, it can be hard to watch classic movies sometimes. Um, just it's, it was a different time. Filmmaking was different back then. They're a lot more slower when it comes to pacing and stuff like that. And it can be hard to appreciate. But The Third Man was a movie uh, that I was I was absolutely Im- impressed uh, with everything that, you know, I I would hope to be impressed with a movie like this. Like it's it's the kind of movie that um, even though it is a slow burn, it really keeps your attention with just how beautifully it's shot and uh yeah, Orson Welles. That that performance, it's like it, it really is a, a movie stealing performance, even though he's he's barely in it. Uh, and it's a compelling story too. So yeah, I I'm perfectly fine with it being on this list. It's my favorite film noir of all time. It, mm. It's on the list. Nice. Yeah, it's great. All right, third man. What a great choice. I'm, I'm really happy there wasn't a fight over that one. That, that movie's a masterpiece. All right. Yeah. Uh, ben, what's next? We can kill. Um, what if we kill? City of God, a movie that I liked a lot when I first saw it, but have not given a second thought to in probably 15 years. My one hesitation would be that um, I don't think we'll, uh, I don't want to bring this up because it's, it's, our, our list is, is very, very Hollywood centric and it's going to be that way by default. And I acknowledge that. I acknowledge that we're going to be having a lot of Western mainstream movies just because of the website we are and the taste we have. So my one hesitation would be killing the South American crime movie. I think is really, really good, but it's also not one where I'm going to like go out of my way to go to bat for it. Yeah, I I kind of feel the same same way uh, because this this movie is fantastic. I remember I remember being floored by this movie when I when I saw it and just absolutely loving it. Um, 
but it's it's also one of those things too where like it can be hard and i think it's just because it's it might be an american audience thing it can be hard to like feel compelled to go out of your way to rewatch certain uh international films that you think are great because reading reading subtitles can be you know it, it requires more attention not that it's difficult but you really have to pay attention to that and sometimes when you want to put a movie on in the background that you've seen that you know is great it can be hard to do that with these so i think that's probably why a movie like city of god maybe is doesn't like come up as as often as is probably should in a discussion like this but i, I do think you're right that it's probably not going to make the cut either way all right i'm cool cutting it i just want to say my piece that is great Yes. All right. Uh, okay. Who, who's next? PJ's um, next. Okay. Um, so looking through, I do we have any documentaries on the list yet? Because if not, um, I would like to push forward. Paris is burning. Uh, we do not have any docs, and uh, I think it's maybe the only one left on our list. BJ. Okay, perfect. Yeah, Paris is Burning. Um, It is one of the most important documentaries ever made. It's one of the most important queer films ever made. Um. Anytime you hear somebody yell Yas Queen, you can think Paris is burning. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I love the idea of at least one doc being on here. I'm, I'm actually ashamed that more weren't nominated and that I probably didn't do enough to nominate more to even be in contention <laughs> here. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it should be there. I agree. Paris is burning is the one. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Done. All right, BJ. Ready. Um, oh, God. See, this is the hard stuff, is getting rid of things. Um, can I get a clarification on which Ocean's Eleven is on this list? Uh, it's the Soderbergh. Yeah, it's definitely the Soderbergh. I assumed. Um, I like Ocean's Eleven a lot. I think it's a lot of fun. I don't think it's top 100. No, it's probably in the top 100 most fun movies of all time, but not in the 100 best. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, we're stylish, but yeah. And I also do want to apologize to all of our listeners. If you hear like a screeching sound apparently my neighbor is like drilling and sawing sheet metal right now i don't know what's happening so this is me just i'm acknowledging this i'm sorry all right so it comes back around to me i suppose all right i'm gonna go from one i think has to be on this list no one can stop me and that's bride of frankenstein uh the best universal monsters movie yep the, <laughs> the uh, most interesting the one where they found their voice is the, is the, what those movies could be if you've ever enjoyed a horror movie as social commentary or a horror movie as metaphor um, or a horror movie that like has its tongue in cheek and knows how to make you laugh alongside the scares, you have Ride of Frankenstein to think. Probably the most influential and important horror film of all time. The one that's also so much fun to watch today. It is still so good. There are universal monster movies I love because I just love them. But I acknowledge they're creaky and they're slow. Whereas Bride of Frankenstein is just a blast. It is just the or I, I, ideal form of the black and white uh, classic monster movie. As the person who wrote our list of the classic universal monster ranking, uh, I also put this as my number one, and I will not fight you on it because it is a perfect film. Do it. Yeah, agreed. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and go on a killing spree again because we need to keep moving. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, I voted for it, but everything, everywhere, all at once is not quite ready to go on this list. Yeah, I agree. I, I think. agree. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. It's, <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of recency bias. Uh, I think it will end up on this list one day, but you were probably right. It's one of my, my top fifteen of all time, but Ben Wheatley's kill list will not make this top one hundred. Agreed. 
Yeah. Yeah. It is maybe one of my favorite horror movies of all time, but let's just be honest here. Yeah. I love the death, but Mary Poppins will not make this list. Oh my god. Uh, okay. All right. I mean, we if we are going to we have Who Framed Roger Rabbit and that also does yeah. kind of the hybrid thing. Also Feed the Birds is probably one of the best songs ever written. Just putting that out there. <laughs> yeah, the problem with Mary Poppins is that it has about four too many songs. It's about an hour too long. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, somebody who loves it. <laughs> okay. Um let's get spicy. Um Pass of Glory is a masterpiece, but we have Cupic on the list represented twice. We don't need Pass of Glory. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Jock's Tati's Playtime is a top ten for me. I don't think anybody else on this call has seen Jock's Tati's Playtime. You're right. I have not. It's been on my list for years, but I haven't seen it yet. It is one of the great big screen movies. It is stunning. It is life-affirming. It is hilarious. It is simultaneously cynical while also positive. It's not going to make this list, but Jock's Tati's Playtime is incredible. Um, what else do I want to kill? What else do I want to murder? Um, I love Speed, but is Speed going to make our top 100, guys? Oh, God. This is... Uh, man. I mean... We're... Can we have like a larger conversation about just like the the really really high quality populist mainstream action stuff like Speed and The Fugitive and uh, The Mask of Zorro? I think is also on this list of contenders. Why not? Let's do it. I'm going to hide, but I'm all Speed, The Mask of Zorro, um, Point Break. Um, what were some of the other ones? The Fugitive. Um, I'm trying to scan through the list right here and see if there's anything else that sort of falls into this category of like i guess you know technically you could say hot fuzz no i wouldn't say that. i'm uh, i don't think quite fits those yes. I, I, I only say that because without point break you don't have hot fuzz yeah and i think because of that i think hot fuzz should just go um let's, let's just hot fuzz edgar wright's a genius it's a great movie but let's be but let's but let's, let's, let's get that brass tax here i gotta say yeah. i am shocked that Shaun of the dead was not on this list instead of hot fuzz but that's just me all right so let's look at point break speed the fugitive mask of zorro I think honestly, maybe the four best '90s action movies, like at least in that conversation, they're they're in there, yeah. Um, and and they all just have that sort of like propulsive, like uber competence that um, that a lot of mainstream modern blockbusters are just frankly missing. So it's like it feels really nice to go back and watch all of these movies. Um, I mean, Speed has just like one of the all-time great premises, you know, mm-hmm. the great pitches um, where you can explain it in five seconds. And but also, like the Fugitive does as well. And and I don't know, Point Break has like some of my favorite action moments in all of cinema. And The Mask of Zorro has like two of the sexiest people ever sword fighting at one point. Like you know, there there are so many great things about all of these. Um, I don't know, Brad, where where do you fall on these? Yeah, it's t- the one that I don't. I'm. I'm. I think that I can easily uh, not have the discussion about it is the Mask of Zorro because while I do think it is very good, I I, th- I think the Fugitive and Speed and Point Break are operating on another level. Mm, I'll just say I, Mask of Zorro was my favorite of these four. Jesus Point Christ. Break <laughs> is is my pony in this race. I love Point Break, and it's a movie that I return to all the time, and I think is one that has continued to grow uh, in ways that these other films haven't. Um, Cause people rediscover point break and fall in love with it. Like every five years. Yeah, this is so hard, Jacob. What do we do here? <laughs> um, Look, it was probably, it says move all four of them up. 
yeah, I, I was just going to say the same thing. I think that's what we should do for now because the the list of in discussion isn't super long. And I that, oh, yeah. I thought I thought Jacob was suggesting put them all on the list. No, no, in discussion, uh, in discussion. I think because there's there's still a lot of stuff we can cut here for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Like speed. Uh, Mask of Zora and a fugitive into in discussion section, mm-hmm. and then let's, let's cut something else. Or, I mean, like we should call a dad at like in 2004 watching TNT at two in the afternoon on a Sunday to make this decision for us because <laughs> that's the perfect person. Yeah. Um, all right. So I've, I've lost count here. Am I, am I uh, nominating something to keep or to kill at this point? No, you're, not, you're nominating the keep. Uh, you, you haven't done either. I did, I did Brian Frankenstein um, for last. So you're oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. How about heat? Let's keep heat. Michael Mann's heat. Let's keep Pacino, heat. De Niro. I mean, this movie has taken on like mythic proportions in the past few years, I think, but like for really good reason is like three hours long, but I just rewatched it for the first time in many years and hot damn, this thing holds up like beautifully. It is uh, beautifully shot and like Michael Mann, this is just like him completely in the pocket and, and every Val Kilmer in this movie rules, like everything about this is just sort of like all of Michael Mann's uh, interests rolled up into like one of the greatest crime thrillers ever made. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. Um, he belongs to this list. It's also home to Pacino's greatest line delivery in his entire career. Uh, so. Oh yeah. <laughs> so if we're, um, adding heat, should we go into the collateral as promised earlier? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Michael, Michael Mann repped on the list. Okay, Ben, what do you want to kill? Um, I say we get rid of uh, Jean-Luc Godard's Breathless, uh, another movie that I watched for the first time fairly recently. And I think is is very, very good and certainly influential, especially because of like the, the idea of it being one of the, the sort of uh, primary um, forces in the French New Wave and like the idea of jump cuts, which weren't necessarily like a, a huge part of the film language up until that point. Um, it, it's more influential than good, I would argue. So I think it probably doesn't need a spot on this list. In more influential than good is a, a tough thing to say, but also I think in Breathless's case, probably accurate. I have never had a desire to rewatch Breathless, even though I, I admire the hell out of it. So I'm, I'm okay cutting it. All right. All right. Let's do one more round, folks. Then we'll probably um, take a break and, re- and come back and finish this another day. Does that all sound good? Sure. Yes. Perfect. Okay. All right. One more round. Okay. Let's... Um... All right. I'm going to let you folks... Pick. Are we going to have the? Um... Don't wait. Don't I have another one? Because I go after Ben. Yes, I am sorry, BJ. That's <laughs> fine. Yeah, BJ. Let's, let's see you. Then one more round. Then we'll call it. All right. All right. All right. Um. So I am going to make an addendum to something we talked about earlier. Um. I think we can get rid of my cousin Vinny if we can keep planes, trains, and automobiles. Yes. Fully support. Ooh, uh, interesting. Okay, yes, I like that. Yeah, because um, I think there's a very similar style of humor going on in both of these films, but *Planes, Trains, and Automobiles* is just one of the best comedies and is filled with so much heart. And it it is Jadon Hughes's best movie. Um, so I think we could also kill Ferris Bueller. Um, but we could, we, we could kill Ferris Bueller. My my, my least favorite. Um, of his movies. Your least favorite? Here's, wow. Here's the thing. You can acknowledge that Ferris Bueller is an asshole and still love Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love Ferris Bueller. But okay. If, if Planes, Trains, and Automobiles makes it and we have some some Hughes representation, I think I'm okay cutting Ferris because yeah. we only have, what, 20 slots left or something? Yeah. I think Planes, 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 Trains is the best John Hughes movie for me by far. Time yeah. Time. 
It's it's that and some kind of wonderful for me. Um. <laughs> That's true. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is great, though. Yeah, agree. Yeah. Um. So that was my keep. Um. And then for something that I think we can. Oh God, something I think we can get rid of. Um. Oh God. I, I'm gonna say Whiplash. Um, I like Whiplash a lot. I don't think it's top 100 just yet, um, but I do think fantastic performances, really, really well-structured movie, um, definitely something that has stuck with me since I first saw it, but not quite top 100 for me. I agree. Gosh. Okay. Yeah, I, I can... It's hard for me, yeah, to, to hear and acknowledge, um, but there are there are a lot of, like, yeah, classics and stuff on here, so you're probably right. Yeah, I can I can let it go. I think Whiplash is a 20 years from now still talking about a movie, though. Totally. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, boy. Okay, do you folks want... I'll let you pick. Are we going to have the Wes Anderson conversation, or, are you going to, or am I going to stump for I Saw the Devil? Uh, let's do Wes Anderson. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. let's get them on here. There's um, the Royal Tenenbaums. There is the Grand Budapest Hotel. And I think that's it, actually. I think those are the two that made it. We have a bunch of others. Like Almost all those movies got at least one vote. Yes. Uh, but those are the two that um, made it through. And to we this can round. move Royal Tenenbaums up to the list and get rid of Grand Budapest Hotel. <laughs> Royal Tenenbaums was my first favorite Wes Anderson. But Grand Budapest is the one that I, I that resonates with the most and the one that I rewatched the most, the one that I think is currently the best. I disagree. Royal Tenenbaums is better. And... That's that. <laughs> I'm with Brad on this one. I love oh, Royal no. Tenenbaums a lot. I'm with Jacob. I feel like Grand Budapest is better. Um, Royal Tenenbaums has three votes. So, well, on this call, it's two to two. Right now, this call is what matters. Um, oh boy. All right. Okay. So, uh, so uh, what? What about from a formalist perspective? Can I talk either of you two into changing your vote to Grand Budapest for the thing that it does with the aspect ratios as it shifts over time. Because I feel like that seems like sort of a, a um, uh, maybe a gimmicky concept, but not very many movies have done that as effectively as Grand Budapest does. I would agree with you if it's something that Wes Anderson hasn't done a lot more frequently since then. Uh, and because of that, I do think it still is kind of more of a gimmick, even if it does mean something to him. And regardless, I just think Royal Tenenbaums is the better movie overall. So, uh, okay. I think Royal Tenenbaums is the better movie. I am willing to throw my vote to Grand Budapest Hotel only because I think when people think of like Wes Anderson movies, this is the movie that comes to their brain first is something that looks, sounds, and is styled like Grand Budapest Hotel. Grand Budapest, I think, is the culmination of everything that Wes Anderson has been doing for his career. It has... His sense of humor, his sense of style, yes, the, the aspect ratios, his cast, but the way it implements stop motion animation, the way it has perfected his look, um, it's it's uh, the most Wes Anderson movie that Wes Anderson movied. Like that's what this is. <laughs> yeah, and World Ten Bombs is like here's the thing: World Ten Bombs was one of my first favorite movies, and it remains in my top three. Maybe, maybe, maybe my second favorite Wes Anderson, right after Grand Budapest. I think these these are the two. These are the two. Um, I would not be mad with either one moving up, but my heart's with Budapest. Yep. Uh, I agree. I feel like you might be getting outvoted on this one, Brad. 
I, I mean, I, if, the, if the numbers are already there, then I've already lost, so I can't do anything about it. I'll just sit here and weep. I'm sorry to have betrayed you. <laughs> Heresy. We're, we're, we're going to play these days as we send World 10 Bombs away in slow motion um, and move Grand Budapest up into its rifle spot in the top 100. Oh, man, that movie. Um, I think that Ray Fiennes plays my favorite um, with Tennyson character, which is saying a lot. It's the last time you put a knife in me. Oh, well, we, we, we have plenty of knives to fort each other. <laughs> okay. Um, I am going to go on one last killing spree. Let's remove Zodiac. We have finished on the list. I don't think I've removed Zodiac. It's a masterpiece. It's straight up a great movie, but mm-hmm. Network's on the list. It's a better movie. Yeah. Oh, hey, didn't we say we could get rid of My Cousin Vinny? Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, although, I'll say My, My Cousin Vinny, one of the funniest movies ever made. Agreed. Yep. Um, let's go ahead and remove Schindler's List. We have enough Spielberg on the list, and that's it. Schindler's List is legitimately a masterpiece, but I don't want to spend more slots on more Spielberg. I'm just being straight up honest about it. Yeah. Rough. Agree. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and just knock out a few more. Um, I would like to remove Double Indemnity only because we have um, a Wilder movie on the list and another Billy Wilder movie on this list. I think deserves to be on it more. It's one of my favorites ever, but um, yeah, that's, yeah, go that's ahead. actually probably my favorite film noir, but yeah. Um, I'm going to say that we remove Bound. We already have a Wachowski film on the list with Matrix, and Bound's great, but it's no Speed Racer. Speed Racer's not on this list. I just want to say that I love Bound so very much. Oh my god, I love Bound so very much. <laughs> That's all. Okay, well, Bound is great, but I think we have our Wachowski rep on this list with the Matrix, so I think it's the right choice. All right, my killing spree's over. Uh, Brad, what do you want to do next? Um, I would like to add Pulp Fiction to the list, um, and in the same breath, I think that we can get rid of Inglorious Bastards. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, my reaction too, Ben. I'm not sure. Uh, Pulp, fi- kind of feel like Pulp Fiction is, is pure Quentin Tarantino. Like that is who Quentin Tarantino is as as a filmmaker. And I love Inglorious Bastards. So don't get me wrong, but Inglorious Bastards following suit of you know so many tarantino movies takes a lot of cues from other war movies and things like that and you don't have inglorious bastards without some of the war movies that came before it i think pulp fiction is one of the most uh original innovative uh and it's it's still his best movie i think okay you've convinced me inglorious bastards is my favorite it's my favorite tarantino movie but i yeah i'm not gonna stand in the way of, of pulp fiction making the list yeah, my favorite Tarantino wasn't on the list. It's Jackie Brown. Um, so I'm okay with Pulp Fiction going. All right. Just made the list. Okay, Brad, what do you want to kill? Okay. Um, I am going to kill... Um, I think we can kill The Incredibles because I love The Incredibles. It is my second favorite Pixar movie. But we have Pixar representation, we have superhero representation, and uh, as much as I do love The Incredibles, there's something to it that's a little bit maybe more formulaic than other uh, movies that probably deserve acknowledgement on here. Uh, so I'm sure everyone loves The Incredibles, but probably probably not going to make the list at this point. Yeah, I love it. Yep, oh, agreed. Mm-hmm. All right, Ben, you're up. All right, I would love for Roman Holiday to be on this list. Yay! Yeah. Walk it in. <laughs> I don't need to say anything else. Wow, <laughs> awesome. That was easy. 
Excellent. Okay. Uh, uh, Brad used to say yes or no to this one. No, no, that's totally yeah. Roman Holiday. I mean, you, you can't deny like that's just that's just a fucking classic right there. Yeah. Okay. Um, I suggest we get rid of Chinatown because I feel like we have a lot of noir and noir adjacent stuff on here already, and I think there might be at least one or two more in contention that I personally like more than Chinatown. Um, so if we're gonna fight for those later on, I would rather those movies be in the mix instead yep there's no denying chinatown it's a great movie but we're talking about 100 movies overall so yeah i think we can kill it Sweet. harsh Whew, okay uh bj let's end this day Alrighty, so i'm proposing that we have a discussion on three movies that i think are really cl- like close to each other and that's freaks nosferatu and the cabinet of dr caligari i think we only need one um Good call. Of yeah. those three, um, I am suggesting Nosferatu um, for, I think, obvious reasons. Um, and admittedly, that's not even my favorite of those three. My favorite is Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. But without Nosferatu, so much of the horror genre as we know it doesn't exist. Yeah, so this is uh, Nosferatu, Freaks, and Caligari. Yeah. Um, yeah, my whole, I um, think that all three of these movies are, you know, extremely important and i, I like the idea of getting a, a at least one silent film locked into the list with nosferatu um yeah i've never been as big on freaks as other people i think nosferatu is a more compelling movie so yeah i think nosferatu is the one to move up and the other two would you acknowledge as important movies in the elite from the list mm-hmm. yeah yep i back that yeah, i think so cool all right um and then oh god as far as something that i think like can just oh god this is so hard i feel like i'm choosing between uh all my favorites now is hard um i am going to take off one of my all-time favorite movies it is tattooed on my body uh but i i think let the right one in can go only because we do have another vampire film on it even though let the right one in might be my favorite like movie of 2000 moving forward don't let it go bj i'm gonna back you to keep okay, it. okay okay then i'll keep it we'll talk about that later um pile <laughs> um oh god this is so hard why yeah, did, why the- did we decide to do this to ourselves <laughs> what the what? hell is wrong with us it's just non-stop list of great movies it's it reached a point where it's, it's just impossible. so hard um oh christ on sale um Okay, um, I'm going to say let's get rid of Carol uh, because I know that movie is really important. I know people love it. The performances are great. There are other films still left for discussion uh, that are queer cinema pieces that I think are infinitely more important. Um, so I I can live without Carol. I love Carol too, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I was also prepared to cut it next. So Okay, cool. <laughs> yep. All right, Carol's gone. We are currently at... 83 out of 100 movies. So we'll come back later this week, knock out those last 17, and cut a lot more. There's still some movies we haven't even talked about there, straight-up masterpieces. Um, oh, boy. And then, of course, this list will be published when it's done at some point this month. 
Ben, do you want to do you want to send us out? <laughs> yeah, I'll take us on out of here. So you can find more about all the movies that we mentioned on today's show in some form or another at slashfilm.com and uh, slashfilm daily is published every weekday, bringing the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site, like this one. Ding! You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please subscribe to our newsletter. Send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag topics to us at peter at slashfilm.com. Also, don't forget to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. We would love it if you would rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this. Tell your friends about the show. Spread the word. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you all next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.